The teachings of General Conference are the considerations the Lord would have before us now and in the months ahead. Our marching orders for each six months are found in the General Conference addresses. For the next six months, your conference edition of the Ensign should stand next to your standard works and be referred to frequently. I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I exhort you to study the messages of this conference frequently, even repeatedly, during the next six months. You're listening to the Conference Talk Podcast, where it's conference weekend every weekend. Each weekend, we discuss talks from the most recent general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's right. We'll share some insights, make some connections, and have a bit of fun as we study the words of the awesome men and women that God has called to direct His Church in the latter days. I'm Kevin Stanfield. And I am Shelby Stanfield. In this episode, we are talking about Elder Jeffrey R. Holland's address, Lifted Up Upon the Cross. And of course, Elder Holland needs no introduction. We love him. You know, we're not supposed to have favorite general authorities, but I think um, everyone kind of just sort of looks the other way when it comes to the fact that everybody loves Elder Holland, right? Yeah. And we are honored that we somehow end up getting all the Elder Holland talks on this conference talk podcast. Right. <laughs> just like you shouldn't, you know, as, as uh, conference talk podcast hosts, although it's not a calling, you know, I likened it to Shelby like, hey, you don't aspire to callings, um, but you also don't aspire to be the one to be, oh, I'm going to get the the general conference podcast about Elder Holland, or I'm going to get this one, you know, we, we sign up for these kind of at the, at the beginning of each season. And some of them are grabbed real quick and then others sort of get left. And I don't know how Shelby and I have just managed to get Elder Holland's the past two times. And so we are we, so lucky. So lucky. I was about to say we were just blessed, right? We're blessed. <laughs> um, well, I, before you share your thoughts, because I know that you have some really good thoughts right off the bat, I just felt like I had to share um, the historical context of the cross only because it was so intriguing to me that that's how he decided to start off his talk. And I think it was something that not a lot of Latter-day Saints know. And so if you listen to the talk, generally when people ask us why we don't you know, wear the cross or use the cross as a symbol of our worship. My, my answer I give is, well, we would rather remember the resurrection and that he lived again than, you know, remember his suffering. And that's an okay answer. There's nothing wrong with that. But what I find more, I guess, more interesting, and I find myself more knowledgeable now after listening to the words of prophets and apostles is the context that's given about why the cross wasn't actually used as a symbol of Christianity for a few years after, right? And Elder Holland says it was because the sign of the cross was the Romans Empire most agonizing form of execution. So many followers didn't want to use that as a symbol of remembering Christ. And it wasn't until many centuries later that, you know, the cross was introduced. So I just, I thought that was really cool because it's something that as Latter-day Saints, if someone asks us that question, we can usually, now we can give a little bit of context to the time and the day, which I did not know before. 
maybe I'm the only one, but just thought it was cool. And I had to start off with sharing that thought. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And you know what, what struck out to me immediately when I was sitting watching conference and, and listening to this talk, I love what Elder Holland said. He said that the question of the cross in our faith, like, hey, why, why do you guys not display the cross in your church buildings? Or why do you not wear the cross? Really, that question is a question about our commitment to Christ. Like, hey, if you're Christians, why don't you use the universally known symbol of Christianity, right? Well, there's a couple reasons for that that, that he details. One of which is, is that we are rooted biblically in the primitive church, which did not have the cross, right? The, the church that Jesus Christ established, he did not set up a cross, right? That wasn't a symbol. The, the symbol, and Elder Holland talks about this as well. He references um, President Hinckley's remarks. The symbol was the people, the disciples of Jesus Christ and what they do and how they behave. So w- without going too much into that, you know, we are talking about a restored church of Jesus Christ. And as everything is restored as at first, you know, we, we are going to be that, that church that he was establishing on the earth when he was in mortality. But I love the idea that the absence of the cross in our faith and, and, you know, our, our church meetings actually says more than if it were there. And we want to talk about the, the deeper meanings behind the resurrection and the light of Jesus Christ. I, I wanted to share this idea and, and bear with me, Sheldon, and bear with me, everybody. If you think about the iconic, you know, scene of Jesus hanging on the cross, you have different, you have different adjacent scenes, right? You have Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, having to watch her son die in agony. Right, giving her child away, and it's not fair. Pilate also kind of going with the going with the flow, right? He he doubts truth, and he washes his hands of everything. There's the mob who just want something now, right? They're impulsive. The criminals on either side, right? Who they they kind of deserve to be there based on their crimes, their sins. And then there's Judas, who betrayed his best friend. There's all of these people who were, it's almost like we're distracted by. We're distracted by all of these people who make us think about our sins and like, how, how could they do that? And well, in a way, we are like that. We're fallen, right? But instead, we want to focus on the Savior, on the redemption. I think that's exactly why Jeffrey R. Holland comes in and talks about the 
public representation of the two-part triumph of Christ, right? He talks about the, obviously, he was on the cross and was risen from the dead. And he shares the new symbol of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, right? The, the Christus statue with his hands out, and you can see the scars in his hands, right? And I thought of a Hope Works video, which we'll link it for you guys to watch. But basically, in this video, he talks about how scars can serve as a reminder of things that we've been through, but we don't want to focus on those. We want to move forward, right? They can just serve as a reminder. We always say there's that quote, right? Looking back on the past is only good as much as it benefits your future. So that kind of whole thing comes in here. And so when I was listening to you and then I thought of that, I thought this relates to the cross because we have the cross as a reminder. It's almost essentially a quote unquote scar, right? His hands, the nails in his hands and his feet, they are reminders, but they're not the focus. We want to keep moving forward and remember why that happened, but not let it be the centrality of quote unquote Christianity, right? And so that is why we move forward. And I thought about, I just thought about that as you were talking. The other thing that I love is Elder Holland. He shares a really awesome statement, but I have to read the scripture he shares before. So it says, if any man or woman will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And then he follows with, this speaks of the crosses we bear rather than the ones that we wear. And to me, this just shows that we have this ability, as you were saying, it's more about the actions that we do, the service that we do, the trials that we go through, right? We we are going to bear heavy burdens. If Christ bore them, we're, we have to walk through some sort of something, not the exact same thing he did, right? But we're going to have to walk through some sort of trial and bear these things because that's what being a disciple of Jesus Christ means. It means that you walk in some way that he walked and you feel at some points what he felt. Yeah. And, you know, there's, like you said, there's a reason that we need to reflect on his suffering and, and his atonement, right? But the absence of the cross allows us to reflect deeper on what comes after, right? The, the suffering, but for a short moment, right? But yeah. so much of his life, both, you know, before his crucifixion and then the eternal Messiah, you know, always always, um, always there. It's always pointing us forward, right? To the future. Right. Not, not damned and not stopped. Right. I think there was a really good video we should link that we watched earlier this evening. It was by Elder Holland. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure some of you have probably seen it. Well, in that, and we will, we'll link it. It's, it's about, you know, why we also have to suffer. Like, why is suffering a part of discipleship? And and Elder Holland, he talks about how, you know, we are in good company when we suffer through hard things, because not only did the prophets 
uh, suffer, but, but also the son of God. And so, you know, we can't look at suffering as a penalty or, or, or a punishment for doing something wrong in this life when all of God's most faithful servants, even his only begotten, his beloved son, suffered greater than all others. And I think it's just a good reminder not to fall into that thinking trap, which is why I think it would be helpful to to watch. It's only like a three, four minute video with that. But once again, it's Elder Holland, very powerful and just powerful message. So before we go on, you know, it's like we we as Latter-day Saints, we do seem to have a way to remember his suffering, right? We do we do understand it. It's not something that we look past. We do re- recognize his death and we just don't, we just don't use the iconography is <laughs> a weird word um, of the cross to remember it. We use the sacrament, right? Right. We use different emblems uh, to represent that. And even the sacrament in and of itself is a way to progress and move forward, right? It's not so much, it is focused on, you know, his death, but it's also a way that we know we are able to move forward and be forgiven and try again, right? And, and like I said, always pointing us to the future and the plan of salvation. What does that have in store? What are the eternal long term blessings. So much so that when you receive them, you're not going to have enough room to receive them. Mm. Right. And that's really hard to comprehend. Okay. That does not mean that your feelings that you're feeling are just not valid. They are because we are human. It's just, I've been saying this a lot, but it's just what we do and how we act with those feelings that matters. And so when we can faithfully put our trust in the savior, Jesus Christ, he will move us forward to places we can't even imagine. And if I can, I wanted to just share a personal experience of this because the rest of his talks, he talks about the cost of discipleship. And I wanted to serve a mission. I knew I would serve a mission when I was 18 because the age changed when I was 18 to 19. And I prayed and I was like, Heavenly Father, am I going to go? And the answer was yes, but not yet. So, you know, I'm up at BYU-Idaho just trying to figure it out and – I knew I was going to go. I just didn't know when. And then eventually, I think it was like three years later, four years later, Heavenly Father was like, okay, now is the time to go. And at the time, I had to leave a relationship that I dearly wanted. And But I had such a clear answer from Heavenly Father that I needed to go on my mission, and that was the time to go. And I remember my mom and I, we were driving away from BYU-Idaho. <laughs> she was like, we can turn around. And I thought, no, I, I can't turn around because if I turn around, then I'm not listening to my Heavenly Father. And there's going to be blessings for me that I don't even know yet that are going to be lost if I turn around. And so that is, it was one of the hardest things I think I ever did in my little moment of being 21. Um, Cause I've done harder things now that I'm a mom, <laughs> but I'm so grateful that I decided to look at an eternal perspective in that moment instead of, you know, given to my temporal feelings. And both of us from that past relationship, I think, have been extremely blessed from these decisions, the decisions that we made. And so it's just very important to remember in the moment, just stop, pause, and think 
you know, what blessings are waiting for me as I continue through this trial or I continue through whatever it is you're going through, what blessings are waiting and what has he promised me and what covenants have I already made that I can cling to, like literally bind myself to him. He ain't going nowhere, right? So I just, I love that because discipleship can be really, it is hard, but it's also so rewarding, so rewarding to see it through. And with that, you know, the the different symbols of our discipleship, um, you know, and our, our faith in Jesus Christ, you know, they're going to be very personal. You know, some people uh, do see much more in, in, you know, in symbols and in imagery and things like that. Other people, it's a little bit closer. It's more, you know, internal. Um, so I, I appreciate the, actually the, the flexibility and the, the freedom to, you know, have, have many, many symbols to choose from of Christ's redemption, right? The empty tomb, right? Um, the olive press, right? All of these things that we can kind of consider and even the cross. Yeah. And I just want to close, I think, with sharing the last half of Elder Holland's paragraph here. He, he's talking about the blessings of discipleship. He says, sometimes these blessings come soon and sometimes they come later. But the marvelous conclusion to our personal Via Dolorosa is the promise from the master himself that they do and will come. And he says, just going down a little bit more, he says, for your strength, your loyalty, and your love, I give deep personal thanks. This day I bear apostolic witness of him who was lifted up and of the eternal blessings he bestows to those lifted up with him, even the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And I loved that promise of how we can be lifted up with him through our through our personal journeys, whatever they may look like. So what does Via Della Rosa mean, Shelby? I knew you were gonna ask that question. I well, think <laughs> wasn't everybody asking that question in general <laughs> conference? <laughs> Listen, it it means it's a Latin phrase meaning a painfully difficult route, passage, or series of experiences. It says it's most often associated with Jesus's movement from his condemnation at the hand of Pilate to his crucifixion on Calvary. Hmm. So really just a hard, painful, difficult thing. <laughs> right. Which is what we've been talking about, right? Right. But I really hope that those listening today felt a deeper understanding of, you know, we do acknowledge the cross, but we don't use it as the focal point of our religion. And you know, understanding your discipleship and how that relates to bearing a cross. Well, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Conference Talk podcast. This episode, we discussed Elder Holland's talk, Lifted Up Upon the Cross. If you enjoyed this episode, give us a five-star rating. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and everywhere you get podcasts. And you can find all the links to our platforms on our website, conferencetalk.org. Conferencetalk.org is also where you can follow us on social media. Drop us a comment, check out the show notes, find the resources we mentioned in the episodes, and learn more about us, your hosts. 
So Kevin and I, if you want to follow us, we do a weekly podcast on the Book of Mormon, and it's at the Book of Mormon podcast. But while we always appreciate new followers, it's better to follow the prophet and the apostles themselves. Yes, although we love speaking about the church and our leaders, we do not speak for them. Everything said on this podcast represents our own personal opinions. So join us next week for some more personal opinions on the Conference Talk podcast. Thank you.